Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I am Tom. We are Team Binge. Thank you for joining us for Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 10. This episode was called International Break. And we watched it, and now we're going to talk about it, and you're (laughs) going to listen to us if it's the last thing you do. That's not a threat, but you have until midnight, or this comes (laughs) off the table. Tom... A lot happened in this episode, considering Mm -hmm. we seem to have been spinning our wheels in past episodes. Very surprisingly, in the beginning of this, they're like, guess what? Nate doesn't have a job anymore, and (laughs) look who's in, like, first place. This episode took me by surprise in terms of we almost did, like, a time jump, it felt Mm -hmm. like, a little bit, but I don't think there was a time jump. I am touching things too soon. They are hot to the touch. So I'll back off and just start how we always start, how we started every 600 Team Binge podcast. Tom, how did you feel about International Break episode I'm with you. I think the beginning was a bit jarring because it was a huge exposition dump with these soccer pundits talking about how well Richmond is doing and the Nate bit took me out by surprise. I kind of liked where they went with it, um, with that story, if I'm being honest. And I liked, I think there were some, again, like Rebecca's story certainly got moved pretty far forward. I was terrible for Keeley, like that's the lowest point for her. And it was so sad to watch her go through all of that. But we got all of our main characters outside of Ted, since he really wasn't even in this episode, to move forward. And, and we're kind of seeing the end game for them. So I think overall I enjoyed it. I still don't like this show when it goes an hour long. I think it's more impactful and funnier as a shorter sitcom than these long, uh, like, dragged-on dramas. But the drama that we had I think was good, uh, well-earned for most of the characters, and, and I overall enjoyed it. I agree. I enjoyed this episode as well, considering some of the other ones this season I was not in love with. But mm-hmm. to your point, it was jarring. It was long. It was like an hour and six minutes. And anytime there's no limit and comedy, people will just you know go on and on and on. So let's take the next three hours because <laughs> there's no limits on podcasts. They, they <laughs> can't stop us to talk about this hour-long episode. Uh, It's the rule of times three in podcasting (laughs) that everyone knows. Fact. Tom, Richmond's won 10 games in a row, and they play 30 games in the season, right? It's like 36, 38, something like that, yeah. So to have a 10-game win streak, and these aren't draws, Tom. Tom, these aren't (laughs) ties. These aren't each team scoring the same amount of goals in net. These are Richmond is on a 10-game win streak. Does this seem like they've turned it around? This seemed extreme for the show to be like, oh, by the way, remember that long stretch where they were doing terrible? Well, there's still more than 10 games left, and they've won them all. Yeah, I mean, they put them in first place here, so it's their league to lose at this point. And then West Ham, they say, is in second Second place. place. So, And a lot of this exposition dump is, it's really threefold. It's say, okay, Richmond is winning games. They're at the top of the table. Uh, Sam is playing really well for Sam's storyline that's coming up here. And then Nate is gone. Like those are the big little bits here. And I'm with you. It does seem like that Nate being fired thing was a huge bombshell that took me by surprise. Oh, I thought you were mostly jarred by the fact that Sam was playing inspired because you're on <laughs> record as saying that you don't care for the play of Sam Obasanya. 
I oh, feel I like you've Sam. said that. Yeah, no, we love <laughs> Sam. The Nate thing was the jarring port, but I, to your point, because you have been down on Nate as of late, that rhymed. You <laughs> are back in on the Nate Shelley story. Well, I don't necessarily love all of Nate's stuff. <laughs> Let's Can't not commit. get overboard you won't here. Commit. Yeah, but I just like that Nate like left on his own terms. When they said this, I'm like, oh great! So now we get Rupert sacking Nate because he didn't do this stupid guys' night thing that he had set up. Like if that was the catalyst. But we kind of quickly find out that it was Nate's decision. He decided to leave due to some sort of incident or that happened at West Ham. So. Like, when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, God, geez, like, why are we doing like this? But then when Nate took the ownership of it, I, I think I liked it a little bit more. It feels like they are not spending any time with interleague play in terms of there's been, like, maybe two or three big games. I'm wondering if the teams in the Premier League only gave them licensing for those three because it feels like we've gone to the international play well before. I know we haven't mm-hmm. specifically, but we did that, like, exhibition game or whatever. Anyways, this felt like they were like, hey, we can do something outside of the league. We're going to do international play. That way, the audience doesn't have to spend time in the Premier League. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I feel. It's like when a show is constantly doing bottle episodes. Mm -hmm. For then, you'd be like, okay, are we not going to... Anyways... Maybe that doesn't make sense, but no, I'm I'm with you. I, I think the idea for this show is like they're touching on a lot of different aspects of like the modern English football player and the fact that yeah, they do tournaments inside of their regular season, inside of international play, inside of friendlies. Like it is busy, it is crazy schedule, and I like that we got some of these um, characters here that we'll talk about in a second get promoted to their international teams and seeing kind of how this some of this stuff would would play out. Sure, and we're in the locker room. Ted, very kindly to the audience, is like, hey, just so you are all aware, he looks straight (laughs) down the barrel of the camera, goes, no game next week, as if this team doesn't already know that. But once again, Jason Sudeikis looks into our soul and says, remember, audience, no game next week. Beard announces the players because these guys don't know or, yeah, I guess they don't know because Sam is sad in this moment. So this is like when you're going to make varsity they or or <laughs> allow me whether or not you're going to be able to play Tevi yeah in fiddler on the roof like you've <laughs> always dreamed about playing and they put the cast list on the cork bar correct i don't understand that reference so i won't respond to it um but none of this is none of this is true like this doesn't happen like ted speaking directly to the camera beard announcing this like, this is just to kind of help the audience out, which I'm okay with. The fact that, like, all these players are now super excited that, you know, Jamie's going for England. Like, yeah, Jamie would have known that well in advance for travel, for prep, for, you know, loads of other things. But I'm, I'm okay with the show doing it this way. Okay. So Tart's going to England. Van Dam's going to Canada. Rojas is going to Mexico. Cumberbatch, of course, is going to Switzerland. Colin is going to Wales. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> he said Cumberbatch. Okay, Cumberbatch. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Strange is going to Switzerland, uh, Colin to Wales. I can't help but notice none of these guys are good enough to play for the United States. Correct, Tom? <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to read from them going to all these other countries other than the United States, the best soccer team in the world, I believe. Oof, not so much. There is actually a cameo from a former U.S. national men's player. It's when... Uh, 
Roy is kind of walking into the office with his tie-dye shirt and he gets that kind of uh, oddball look from one of the assistant coaches. That was actually a former, I can't remember his name. It's like Josh Conrad or something like that. So it's kind of funny to see him in there. Oh yeah. I noticed those guys were not seen in the show any other time and we're supposed mm-hmm. to act like we know them on staff. So it would make sense that that was a cameo. The big point here is that Sam is not playing for the Nigerian team. Mm-hmm. And this is a surprise to everyone in the locker room. Yeah, because we got that exposition up at the beginning. Like We already know Sam is a fantastic player, but the idea that he's on a tear right now and still didn't get called up for international play is kind of unheard of. A lot of times for these international friendlies, the guys come up. It's usually the guys that are performing really well in their respective leagues. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. We get a great joke here from Ted. I love when you mix uh, deities and <laughs> narcotics. He's like, Godspeed, or whatever narcotic your deity chooses to self-medicate with. It was a good line. It took me a second. (laughs) Lovely moment here. I mean, hmm, I don't feel like we have talked enough about Jamie Tart and just what a thrill it is to see where his character has gone from season Mm -hmm. one and season two to this the relationship between him and Sam in season one was like terrible. And now he's the one that comes over to Sam is like, Hey, are you all right? I know that's disappointing. You're killing it. You'll get him next time. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, there are times where Jamie this season has really made me proud of the lasso gang. Yeah. I think we've talked about it. This, this arc for all the characters in the show is by far the best and it's well-written and I think it's all earned. Um, and, and even I think, in season one, or was it season one, where whatever Jamie kind of comes back to you at season two, Sam is the one that says, like, there's no other player that made me feel as bad as Jamie does. And, like, here we are towards the end of this season, and Jamie's there for him, comforting him, and then, you know, the little bit at the end where he's wearing his jersey number. It's just great, and I love every moment of Jamie at this point. It was wonderful. Speaking of wonderful, there's this dynamic that they... I like that they did this in the episode because it was worth the time they put into it. Rojas skews evil now that he knows that him, uh, I guess, (laughs) Team Mexico and Team Canada are going Mm -hmm. to play each other. So Van Damme walks over to talk to him and Rojas goes evil. Oh, man. I think we at this point, we officially meet Rainy Dojas. I love it. It's the the Ned Tasso or was it Ted... I can't do it right now. Lead Tasso, excuse me. <laughs> no, you got there. I let you get there. I yes-anded you with silence until we figured out what you were doing. And you found it, buddy. And we're very proud of you. Your what family is, your is here with me. We're all very proud of you, Tom. <laughs> Thanks. All right. We're at Biscuits with the Boss, and we find out. I don't believe this for one bit. This was the most unbelievable fact in the entire episode. Ted is bad at girl talk? I don't think so. I mean, we got snippets of it where I think he was trying to like logic it too much or I guess try to answer it or solve problems as opposed to just kind of gossiping. Um, but I, I love the, the the way this is shot because it's just filmed as like it's, they're the only two characters in the room. And then as like Ted says, he doesn't love gossip. It pans right over to Trent. who's like, ooh, I've got some hot gossip for it. And Rebecca's all, all for it. It's great. Right. Love to see Trent being included in Biscuits with the Boss, the Diamond mm-hmm. Dogs. Let him on the soccer team. You know, give him give him some boots and a kit and let him run out there. <laughs> Did I use those terms correctly, Tom? Yes, you nailed it. And I've right. watched that. Episode 600, we finally got there. I know <laughs> all of the terms. 
Something you touched on there I think is important, and this is who we're sponsored by, Good Advice. The Lionel Coogan's and Good Advice section of the podcast. <laughs> you made a comment about Ted trying to solve problems rather than just listening. A uh, mm-hmm. big thing in the world is sometimes people just want to vent. You just listen to them. Sometimes a certain gender has the issue of trying to solve problems where they should just listen. And so that was brought to you by Good Advice and Lionel Coogan's. <laughs> I think. Who knows? They haven't sent us anything. I found a, a single Lionel Coogan's in a friend's refrigerator the other day. And he's like, oh, you should really try that. And once I opened it, he was like, yeah, I can't stand them. So I'm glad you opened it. And um, actually, I shouldn't tell that story because then Lionel Co- Oh, it was delicious, Lionel Coogan's. I loved there it. Is. <laughs> It was so good. I drank half of it, and then I was like, the calories, and then I didn't drink the rest. All right. Mm. Brought to, this moment is brought to you by Lionel Coogan's. <laughs> Nate, they talk about, hey, what do you think happened to Nate over at West Ham? And Trent says something like, well, I heard he was involved in some scandal. I like what they do here. They're like, she's like, do you guys believe that? And he's like, nah, no, nah, there's no mm-hmm. way. And then yeah. I think this is where our boy Higgins, coming from way in the back, you see him floating in like a frisbee golf that tom's thrown all the way to the basket metal basket (laughs) thing tom's really good at frisbee golf everyone i want you guys to know that thank you for getting that in no no worries but speaking of things that come back to you just like a frisbee and a boomerang a kufo is back am i saying it right a kufo i think it's a kufu okay well but it is spelled ufo so yeah Oh, are we about to talk about UFOs, Tom? I've got Mm. theories. Is that where this... This part of the episode is UFO talk with Tom and Julian. Tom, do you believe in UFOs? No, me neither. All right, next next time on UFO talk with Tom. Well, didn't the very first episode or season of Ted Lasso, they ask if he believes in ghosts. So, I mean, it's in the same realm. But yeah, this episode's too long for us to digress about UFOs. All right, that's fair. Uh, I think I covered the topics to be honest though all right (laughs) the super league is brought up where kufo is trying to create a super league tom i feel like this was in the papers like a year ago i'm sorry i don't read the newspaper i feel like this was in the news on the internet a little while ago about a super league being formed and there was a lot of backlash did they once again dust off a story from years ago much like celebrity pictures getting hacked what happened here (laughs) Yeah, I think it, it is, and it was a bunch of leagues from around Europe trying to create, and I think it was literally called the Super League, and it was just a means for these, like everything that's said in this episode is exactly what it is. It's a le- means for these richer teams to get richer and never have them play like lower-tier uh, teams because lower-tier teams can't afford to buy the players that these teams have. So it's a real thing. It's unfortunate. Like Chelsea was one of the teams that originally signed up for it, but it was comical because this league was signed up for by like 10 teams or whatever. And within a matter of like a week, there was so much backlash. It uh, disbanded like as quickly as it came together. Sure. Sure. But aren't the poorer teams out there robbing the richer teams and then giving those riches to the poor, thus making everyone rich. I feel like that is a tale about soccer teams. Is that not what's happening? Unfortunately, I don't think that's what's happening. That we'll, we'll call that an American tale. This is a European tale. The rich just keep getting richer, you know, that monarchy and stuff. Sure, 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 sure. And Robin Hood. <laughs> the devil calls Rebecca. The devil is who, Tom? 
<laughs> the devil's Rupert, but uh, Ted was confused for a second. Yeah, they played, to your point from the beginning, they don't give Ted a ton in this episode in terms of like deep storyline. He's just brought in to be funny, which is mm-hmm. his job, and I appreciate it. But I don't know if the devil actually uses phones. Although I've heard some things about 5G networks recently, Tom, that I'd like to tell you about. That's 6G. 666G. 6G. Dang it! <laughs> you were faster! You got there! Uh, well, that just that just tells you who's closer to the devil between the two of us. Oh, Anyways, man. let's Making leave the devil. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we did so it. I when play we the st- violin. <laughs> I love it. I was going to say that's why we started this podcast. We gave him our soul, and mm-hmm. man, it has not paid off. We have been <laughs> talking about Lionel Coogan's for a long time. <laughs> Anyways, we're at Nate's house. Nate is in bed, and he is sad. Yeah, well, clearly disheveled. Did you see his hair? Yes, I did. And it's not getting any darker. It seems to be getting a little bit grayer and a little bit more Mm -hmm. (laughs) disheveled. He's comforted by Jane. I like to see that she did not leave him after his big corporate job with West Ham Mm -hmm. went away. (laughs) And this is where we find out. This is the reveal, right? We find out that Nate quit his job. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he ended up leaving on his terms, which I appreciated that bit of the story. I don't know. And maybe they don't give us the straw that breaks Nate's back, right? We don't know why. The last we scene get... we see of Nate is him at the Honey Pit Bowl refusing to go with <laughs> Rupert, right? Is that not... The Honey Pit Bowl? Man, the, I want to go there. The Honey Pit Bowl. It just, all it is, is Pit Bowl music <laughs> on repeat. And I don't mean I the dog. It... <laughs> I mean the well-known rapper uh, that we all know and love, Pitbull. Mm, Grammy winner, <laughs> Pitbull, I'm sure. <laughs> Platinum artist, Pitbull. Um, I thought it was actual Pitbull just covered in honey, and you had to like, catch him. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and like, wouldn't it make more sense for it to be something slippery? Like if it was honey, you'd like stick to the dog, and then the dog would eat you because all of a sudden your hands would be sweet. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, don't eat the sweet off my hands. And then the dog would eat your hands. A lot of handless people running around. Anyways. <laughs> well, we get a little bit at the end with Rupert's new assistant that I guess we'll talk about a little bit. But I'm assuming like it's some sort of harassment maybe with that assistant. So I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I care to really know the details. But I'm assuming we're going to get it because it's just too weird of a thing not to give us some sort of understanding of that. I'm sorry, so much like Ted, you're opposed to gossip. We're we're not going to gossip about what happened here. I just feel like it's weird from the show's perspective to like pull this on us and then not give us... Like He never had a confrontation with mm-hmm. Rupert, and maybe they'll do it in flashback? Would they do I it I think that's flashback? what they'll do. Yeah, like if, if Nate eventually comes back to AFC Richmond or does whatever else, this will be like a flashback showing us that he grew a backbone and told Rupert off or stood up for Rupert's assistant, I guess, original assistant. I I don't know. Tom, what if you're giving Nate too much credit and it was just like them disagreeing about, I don't know, Nate hit his fender of the new car off something (laughs) and he went to Rupert and he's like, hey, do you mind getting it fixed? And that's where the falling out was. It was something silly like the paint job on his Bentley. 
It's got to be the assistant. Like, it's too weird for him to just randomly get a new assistant kind of towards the end of the episode. And I thought they made mention when Trent said it. Like, there's some sort of, like, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they didn't, but maybe I'm reading into it. Wasn't there, like, I, harassment or something on at the team? That's what Trent said. My okay. understanding was that was maybe that was Rupert spreading rumors. Rumor Rupert, they call him, about Nate. <laughs> I'm going to go with the paint job on the Maserati. I feel like they really telegraphed that one quite a bit, which pretty sure if Nate sells that car, he's set for several years of living in that house of his. So listen, he was a premier league manager for half a season. He's probably fine. They probably extended him like the Cardinals. They probably gave him a three year extension (laughs) and then fired him. Cardinals. You are dumb. All right. Smart. Smart, smart, smart. Jade is off to Poland, and she makes a joke. And Tom, I'm going to ask you this question because I know you love questions about this subject. Did you get this joke? I will say there was someone in my house that did not get this joke. So I had to go into it, and I assume this is based off like old racist jokes about how many people it takes to screw in a light bulb. Mm-hmm. And the play is... I guess that Nate knows that joke. And so he's like, oh, that's funny. And Jay's like, why would that be funny? Because she says something like, you can help me and my family screw in light bulbs. And I feel like she's the one that knew it was a joke. Like she, that, that was like her humor and was messing with Nate saying like, oh, why is that funny? Oh, I think I she know. is messing with Nate because this mm-hmm. otherwise doesn't make, unless her parents run a light bulb farm where <laughs> it's harvest season where you have to farm. put in all the new light bulbs for <laughs> them factory, to grow. A farm. Yes, a light bulb farm, Tom. Light bulbs grow in the ground. Haven't you ever seen the Prestige, where they've Ooh. got all the light bulbs in the ground? That was a light bulb farm that <laughs> Iggy Iggy Pop. No, what's that guy's name? Um, David Bowie. Stardust. Uh, Ziggy Stardust? Stardust. That's what I was looking for. Grows light bulbs and top hats. If I'm remembering the movie correctly. <laughs> That was good. Good, good and, tie in there. And cat Christopher Nolan, Tom. Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Light bulbs were dead the whole time. Light bulbs were dead the whole time. <laughs> All right, I'll let you go. I, I, but here, yeah, I've, I've talked got, enough about it. So, I mean, I know how much you love puns and jokes, so how many soccer players does it take to change a light bulb? <sighs> 11? Uh, I've got no idea, but it would take a lot less if they just used their hands. <sighs> <laughs> All the other right. punchline would be like only the goalie could do it, but I like that one better. I don't like any of them, and <laughs> we'll be holding open tryouts for the guest host of this podcast coming up <laughs> next week, where Tom, Tom and someone else does the last two episodes because I'm not showing up anymore. <laughs> There's press outside his house. Would there be press outside? I guess if West Ham's manager was fired, there'd be press outside their house, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe the idea that that's he's fired on unknown circumstances, so the press wants to question him and ask him why he left, because um, they kind of the, the pundits kind of make it seem like it was mutual or that he was fired. But yeah, who knows how it's being spun? I really wanted Jade to break a camera, or karate chop someone as she left, but she did not. Bummer. We are at the former law offices, or soon to be former law offices of KJPR. The office is being cleared out. I don't feel like Keeley caught on to this as quick as she should have, 
Um, but she knows what's going on once Dan shoots his shot as he <laughs> is packing up his uh, classic office, I've been fired or let go cardboard box. Mm-hmm. And as we have learned from the after party, you only get one shot twice. So he took it. That's good. That's very good. <laughs> Barbara is there. Barbara's like, oh, Jack said that she was going to tell you, but they pulled funding. And I thought to myself, Tom, not to get too businessy, as you and I often do on our other podcasts, talking biz with Tom (laughs) and Jules. Um, The KJPR, the overhead is like an office and five people. They seem to be working. They had clients. They were not profitable or could not stay open long enough. I, I did not. Uh, I know this is a plot thing, but come mm-hmm. on. You know, we didn't have any money in the piggy bank. Sell that leopard jaguar statue. That seemed no, to be you worth can't something. Sell that. You can't no. sell that. I mean, this was this was silly and very abrupt they kind of like parallel the stories with nate kind of hitting a low and now keely kind of hitting her low and they're just trying to do them i think at the same time in this episode but i mean i don't know we we talked about like is jake gonna be like a rupert type and i would argue yeah she's kind of is like she gets a text from her later saying like oh i can't believe this happened i tried to fight for you it's like like bs like this seems very much vindictive of jack pulling all these funds for her not telling her ghosting her about all this I, I didn't like this. I agree. I did not appreciate what she does here. I do understand that this had to happen from a mm-hmm. storyline perspective because it wasn't going to go well after they broke up. I but... am Jack's complete lack of surprise. <laughs> I am Jack's <laughs> overworked liver. All right. It's a Fight Club reference for you, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Airplane. We're on a plane, and we see Danny and Van Dam. This was great. I love Mean Rojas. I love it so much. He seems to be having so much fun. I did not appreciate the crushed Doritos, just cleaning it up, as well as Mm. I love Doritos. And anyone that, I don't know, defaces Doritos, I'm bothered by. They're a national treasure. Yeah, my wife's first uh, inclination here is like, those poor flight attendants like who's they're not cleaning this up so somebody else has got to clean it up and danny's i mean danny's he's uh hardcore when he's playing for team mexico his fighter pilot jacket with the (laughs) fur collar and the skeleton patches i was all about it i immediately went online i looked up what does a leather jacket cost realized i already own one that i never wear because quite (laughs) frankly i cannot pull it off which I should have thought about when I purchased it drunkenly two years ago. But that's neither here nor there. I don't know. It hangs in the closet. One day. (laughs) One day I'll be cool enough, Tom. We're in the coach's office, and Sam is sad. He walks by the door. He gets a little bit of a pep talk from Ted. 
not his best pep talk, but he does say, be a goldfish, which I think Mm -hmm. is the first time we've heard that reference since, like, episode two. But... Yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. And I think he gives him, like, that Michael Jordan reference. And that just made me think of that movie Air, which I just recently watched on Amazon. So just a shout-out for that movie. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I prefer Air Bud 3 of the Air (laughs) trilogy. Uh, That's the one where he is a fisherman in the in Cape Cod and he oh, wow. goes uh, on the swordfish boat and then they all die because there's a perfect <laughs> storm. It's like a Willy Wonka kind of situation here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no Air Bud 4. Um, <laughs> but I did appreciate Sam going into, because you always hear that, oh, well, Michael Jordan was cut from his, mm-hmm. you know, the varsity team. I love that Sam is like, well, actually, he mm. does the old, well, actually, Oscar from The Office. Drink. <laughs> We have some hatchet throwing. Beard is talking about it. Jane has... I don't like that there's a Jade and a Jane. Too many similar names mm-hmm. in this in this show. And so we have some pictures that were made of Nate. Tom, talk about hatchet throwing and how much you love it. How many hatchets do you own, Tom? Right now in the room you're in, look around. <laughs> how many hatchets are within uh, arm's length? How many, if you swung a cat, would you hit? Uh, I've got four within arm's length. I mean, I can't imagine being in a different country than my axes. That's uh, so good. So good. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I don't know, it's kind of a comical thing. I thought we were actually going to do like a bar scene where they are doing hatchet throwing at a certain point, just the way Ted responds. But yeah, he, he I guess, Beard still has it out for Nate. And Ted is obviously kind of trying to draw him back a little bit and kind of says, uh, you know, bad karma to celebrate somebody else's bad karma, which I think is very fair. So I don't, I don't know if I really caught that Beard was as upset about Nate as he is here, but I guess it's because he was so hateful and vindictive to his friend being Ted. So Sure. Bad karma celebrating someone else's bad karma. Is this Freuden, Tom? Is this, and I'm Ooh. not saying that right, but is that not what that is? Laughing at someone else's, like... Misfortune? I think yeah. so. Okay. Way to Scheudenfreude, bro. If only this show knew how to do a callback. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in this episode. There is a lot. Intentionally or unintentionally, I don't know. Speaking of intentionally, Roy is intentionally out on hatchet throwing. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, where's Roy going to go? I love where Roy goes. I would spend <laughs> all day with Phoebe and Roy and his fit sister. It was great. Yes. We're then with this awkward moment. Not the movie, this awkward moment that you and I love. Uh, Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan, our favorite of those two together. No, Zach Braff. No, Zach, whatever. <laughs> Who's the guy that dances in the high school stuff? Anyways, doesn't matter. I don't know. Awkward. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> awkward moment between Rebecca Talk about and an awkward Sam. moment. <laughs> I'm not, I don't feel any self consciousness about this at all. We don't get paid, Tom. Rebecca and Sam have an awkward moment in a hallway. Oh, this reminded me of Michael Sarah punching that young lady's um, hmm, area in... Chest? Uh, yes, thank you, <laughs> chest. Well, they're not playing chess, but they're oh. walking in the hallway. And mm-hmm. he... Anyways, that was a different movie. Can't remember the name of that movie either. I think my brain is broken this evening, huh? <laughs> Super bad. Uh, yes, my yeah, my mind is super bad right now. You are correct, although that is hurtful that you would call it that. I'm typically sharp as a tack. 
She apologizes apologizes for him not making the national team. Mm-hmm. I I mean I don't know. Like to your point, this is they, they bumped him in. That's awkward. I don't know if I needed this. I don't think the show was going to try to bring Sam and Rebecca back together here. It's just I think they're continuing to play with the audience, and I don't know if I, I need it. Oh, I think this is the more likely of the relationships for Rebecca. Am I yeah. am I in the minority here in terms of I feel like Rebecca and Sam are the long game, and I felt like this scene was like, hey, remember these two are good together. Are you not? Who who do you think you think Rebecca and Rupert are getting back together? You. <laughs> I don't. I don't know at all. In all honesty, like we know all of the psychic predictions or whatever are going to come true so she's gonna be with somebody that has a kid or she's going to get with somebody then be able to have a kid but i guess we still haven't established first with any level of certainty whether that doctor's news was good or bad right that's true tom you are forgetting the third option which is she's going to be with someone and they're going to kidnap a kid you can Mm. find someone who has a kid make a kid or steal a kid. Those mm. are the three <laughs> options you a mother. that the church recognizes for motherhood. <laughs> Anyways, it was awkward, but I am actually in the long run voting for these two to wind up together. She gets a invite from Rupert to join the Akufu League meeting, and she asks Rupert, oh, because Rupert is snuck into the stadium? I guess this is kind of a running theme in this episode about Mm -hmm. his history of sneaking into the stadium, which I think we might need to fire some security people, or at least, (laughs) I don't know, give them guns. Um, It's just a sewer guy. Oh, just a sewer guy. And they're in England. They don't have guns. That's fair. That's fair. He needs more hatchets. (laughs) (laughs) Hatchets are swords. I agree. (laughs) Anyways... So he invites her. She asks about Nathan. And this is once again where I kind of felt like there is some misdirect on what Rupert is putting out into the world about what happened mm-hmm. with Nathan. Because he goes, some people are just not ready when they're given their shot. And so he's mm-hmm. putting the onus on, he's like making it Nate's fault, which I guess it is if Nate just quit. But the why of the quitting. I actually, now that you have brought it to mind, I don't think I caught it on my two watches. But I think you're right. This probably does come down to the scratch on the car and Nate asking him to <laughs> pay for it. You're right, Tom. I think we'll see. the other option I had, I just came up with it on my own, is that maybe it has something to do with the assistant that is no longer with them and that they replace. Interesting. I don't know, interesting. If, I don't okay. know if you thought of that one, Tom, but mm. just something. I'm going to give that one to you, okay? okay? So you think about that. Appreciate you. Uh, speaking of appreciating people, Tom, how much do you appreciate Uncle Day? Where does it mm. rank on your federal holiday rankings? I don't know. Is, is Uncle Day a thing here in the States? I feel like it, it should be. I've got a bunch of nieces. Nope, Tom. The joke is that it's not a thing. That's why I was setting you up. But uh, <laughs> I feel like it no. is a thing. I, no. They've got days for everything nowadays, man. There's Pretzel Day. There's Uncle Day, I'm sure. Oh, man. But on Pretzel Day, <laughs> I love Pretzel Day. Drink. Uh, did you know, so the, the sister we meet here, this is not the first time we've met Roy's sister. I did not. I did not recognize her. I mean, to quote Jamie, so she, she's fit, she is, but I did not recognize her. 
we we've seen her because I, I think we've made mention of Roy back in like season one why he's like with Phoebe so much is because his sister is a doctor and we actually met this actress playing the doctor when Dr. Sharon was hurt in her accident when she was on her bike and like Ted was at the hospital making sure she was okay this was Roy's Sister. sister i think yeah. you guessed that at the time because you were like oh that's doctor doctor because she's a doctor but her name tag says doctor and mm-hmm. so i think her name is dr kent doctor dr kent forgive me um <laughs> yes. they put their first names on their uniforms in the uk little known mm. fact it's because medicine is free over there so they're less formal because the doctors you refer to them by their first name so she's doctor nice. doctor i did not know that tom but that is a good that is a good catch mm-hmm. it's but like you mentioned like now that we're back with phoebe in this holiday man it's just so glad to have her back she's like such a fantastic little like ray of sunshine and i love this actress she is great the sister's like you know she loves this holiday it's her favorite <laughs> And then she names some other weird holiday about chasing winter demons away, which I kind of wanted to know more about, but this was neither the time nor the place to fight demons. Jamie shows up. I love it. Once again, Roy and Jamie, if they don't get a spinoff where it's just the two of them living together in a flat in London, Mm -hmm. then this show is doing all of this a big miss... Misservice, disservice, I guess is the, the term mm-hmm. most people use. But <laughs> misservice is also something that you can use. That's my wife's rap name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't doubt it. Your <laughs> wife is very talented musically as well as a uh, hip hop dancer. <laughs> so Jamie shows up. Phoebe's like, listen, I wanted to invite your best friend. And they're like, we're not best friends. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you about this. She goes, oh, well, Jamie, who is your best friend? And he goes, I don't know, Isaac. And Roy's response is, was he upset because he would claim Isaac as a best friend? Or was he upset because he does not feel like Jamie is closer to Isaac than him and Jamie? Was that jealousy when Roy said that? Or was that... Him. That's a good question. I never gave that any thought. I guess my just assumption was it's not Isaac. I, I feel like we don't see uh, Jamie and Isaac exchange words very often, so it's kind of odd that he said him. Um, but yeah, maybe he's just uh, he's upset that he didn't pick, didn't pick him, even though he's begrudgingly saying he's not his best friend. Right. I think it's jealousy and a little bit of... That's how I... I think it's funnier that way. If Roy's like, <laughs> we're not best friends, and then he names someone, he's like, oh no, like I'm, we're better <laughs> friends than you and that guy. Like, yeah. I think that's funny. Jamie, very sweet here. Jamie brought him a gift for Uncle's Day, mm-hmm. which is a World Cup kit from 2014 so it's when Roy Kent played for England mm-hmm. yep okay and the best part of this which had to be explained to some people was <laughs> Jamie goes uh, your name's on the back I had them change the e to a u which we are a podcast for children so we will <laughs> not explain that joke but mm-hmm. it is so much fun that they give the time and they watch Phoebe work it out. Yes. And that actress <laughs> is fabulous. She is great. And then, yeah, and then he gets a swear jar, gets a pound from Jamie. And Jamie's like, well, I didn't even say anything. I didn't say the word. He's like, you made me think it. And it's basically the same thing, which was fantastic writing. I love when Jamie's like, worth it. 
whenever yep. he's getting charged, <laughs> it's worth it. I mean, Phoebe is making bank during this mm. uncle's yeah, yeah. day. She's That's why life. she loves this holiday. She's like, I'm going to make back whatever I spend on Uncle Roy, I'm going to get back in the swear jar. That's why she gave him this tie dye shirt. <laughs> <she> just... <laughs> Go on a tirade. She... So you're saying this was intentional. You knew that he would uh, respond this way. Fact. I love that the sister's like, she spent a lot of time on this and was very excited to give it to you, as we've mm-hmm. all done with our kids. When they're like giving someone something or doing something, we're like, sh- they were very excited to see you open this gift, Grandma, <laughs> so even though excited. it's only macaroni. Yeah. This, see- this scene ends with Jamie <laughs> taking the moment to say, Your sister is fit. And Roy. I'll cut your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, sadly, we have to leave that kitchen table and go to a different kitchen table. We're at <laughs> Ola's, and we find out that Akufu has bought out the restaurant through secretive means. I feel like he didn't buy out the restaurant. Like, Sam didn't earn any money off of this. Like, Akufu just called to take oh, all the reservations. Yep. So, yep. but like this whole scene, it's it's terrible and like this guy's just an awful guy that we found out at the end of last season uh but man do i love sam richardson and his performance is just so over the top and fantastic i i loved it i was laughing the entire scene he looked great when he does the wide eye like crazy person look he's great (laughs) it's we are big fans he was in the after party which tom and i did a podcast about and We love Sam Richardson. I don't know that I have a read on this character. They're like, hey, we got to make him evil, but it's Sam Richardson. So the whole Mm -hmm. time you're like trying not to laugh or I don't know, you're just enjoying his performance. So Mm -hmm. I still at the end of this don't hate Akufu because (laughs) I love Sam Richardson. (laughs) He's like, listen, I need to find the best chef. Here's a food critic I brought to your restaurant. We're opening a Nigerian restaurant 20 meters from here, mm-hmm. um, which... There must I, be like seven miles, I guess. Right. I don't know. I only speak <laughs> in the imperial system. And they... I didn't understand the food critics deal here. He seems to have bought into... I guess maybe he was bought by a Khufu in order to be yes. terrible to Sam. Mm-hmm. to write a bad review and then just yeah i don't know why he needs to lay on all the hatred on sam but i mean the big reveal we get here is the fact that akufu paid what 20 million dollars to keep sam off the national team so such a brutal and hurtful reveal but just shows the influence that akufu has here sure sure yeah for all that protesting that sam did on behalf of uh, nigeria they're really between ceruleum oil and akufu they're really taking some money in order to screw over mm-hmm. Sam. That's for Fact. sure. This ending was perfect. I had forgotten, <laughs> I guess, the bit that a Khufu doesn't shake hands or do anything, so he has this security. I thought this guy was security, but then I realized from the other scene where he goes around and gives everyone high fives, Francis, that mm-hmm. is. This yep. high five with Sam. Sam uh, <laughs> plays this so well. The actor, yeah. just the look on his face... The like incredulous, like, what are you doing? Do I really mm-hmm. have to put up with this? And him being like, Francis, really? This was like, really, on so the last funny one. And then Francis wiggles his fingers, like, hey, no, you got to do it. And then he does the, the hand to the Too hair. Too slow. Like, 
So good, so good. Up high, down low, too slow. It was great. <laughs> We're with Nate. He's at his parents' house now. Is this where he sneaks in? Is this, mm-hmm. did I? Yeah, he breaks into his parents' house. Breaks into his parents' house. He's about to get his dome rattled by a cricket bat, and they discover mm-hmm. it's him. He's doing those wall push-ups where you do a handstand against a wall. Uh, he's knocked <laughs> over several potted plants. He's like, you moved the key. And I guess he just wants to sleep in his own bed. Is that what this is? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I get this. Like he didn't want to be alone. I guess um, is is my thought. Or he wants to get back to his roots somehow. I don't know if he's got like an agenda because there wasn't any paparazzi or anything still at his house. So I mean, it seemed like he was fine just sitting in his bed. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just for the episode and what they're they're kind of doing with Nate's story and getting him back with his family. Yeah, I guess he's just looking for some sort of comfort. And mm-hmm. he finds that in his mom delivering food to his room and him sleeping in his own bed, which how long do you think Nate has not been living at home? It's got to be like 10 years, right? He's in his 30s? I right? don't know. I don't know if he got that in the earlier seasons, if he was still living at home with his parents. It wouldn't surprise me if he was still like a kit man and living with the parents. I don't. I don't know. If I, I mean, I'm surprised his dad did not turn that room into a cartography room. Where mm, all of the blue is land. <laughs> Buster, you've had $30,000 worth of cartography lessons. Get us a channel to the ocean. Anyways, <laughs> we're back at the former law firm of KJPR. Keely has this scene where she's about to get on the elevator, but then she just waits and let the elevator close. This is just mm-hmm. to let us know she's sad. Is that what's happening? Yeah, the funny little bit is like you look on the wall and somebody just crudely put masking tape over KJPR, which I thought was kind of funny and hurtful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. I this just starts her on her own little journey. Sure. But I think it's it's we talked about it earlier. It's paralleled with Nate, so they kind of did Nate going back to his family. That's how he's kind of dealing with this. And now Keely's like she's going on a little walkabout. She just needs time to herself. Sure, sure. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We go to Higgins' office where Rebecca, we find out when she has no one else to talk to. Leslie is her last resort, <laughs> and she makes him spill hot tea all over his lap. Ugh, you got to give it up to Jeremy Swift here, right? The actor, like, fantastic physical acting, and even throughout this whole scene with his Willy Wonka stuff, he is so, so good. I love Jeremy. He does a great job. This whole scene reminded me of a painful memory where my dad took me camping, and he actually no showed up, took me camping. No. Um, it was, I think, the third schedule. I was sitting outside on the front porch with my fishing pole and sleeping bag. He said, uh, son, I've got to help this lady find her dog. And then he disappeared for weeks. But this time he actually took me. And I was reaching across to grab a hot cup of steaming water in order to make hot chocolate. And in my enthusiasm to pull it out of that person's hand, I was reaching across my father and I dumped the boiling hot water all over his lap. And that is why I don't have any younger siblings. 
<laughs> other than my younger brother who was already born. <sighs> oh, sorry, pops. Monster. <laughs> yes, sorry. What's funny is we were up in like a cold environment so it goes from boiling to then all of a sudden you're very cold because your yes. lap is freezing <laughs> and everyone knows that heat is is taken from the groin area in terms of Fact. a lot of people think it's the top of the head but nope you got to keep that groin area warm mm-hmm. julian this is a podcast for children i know okay here we go <laughs> she needs some advice and this is where we get the, you referenced it earlier, the Willy Wonka and all those dead kids. <laughs> I think I've seen Willy Wonka once, maybe twice. Do the kids die, Tom? I know that stuff happens to them. Do they, they show get up in wheeled, the end? They used to get wheeled away by the Oompa Loompas, so you have no idea what eventually happens to them. So that's why uh, Leslie is making the, I think, astute observation that, yeah, these, these kids are goners. Those kids are dead. I loved the runner, though, where he's like, listen... If you go to the meeting and they start <laughs> dropping dead under mysterious circumstances, one by one, you get out of there. And she's like, okay. At some point, they I don't remember if it's during this or another meeting, they say a Khufu has like the personality of a child throwing a temper tantrum. I, I did appreciate that they reminded us that he could fly off the handle because the other episode we saw him in, he was like super nice and calm. And mm-hmm. then at the very end, they let Sam Richardson... I don't know, take some sort of drug and lose his <laughs> mind. And so it was good to have that reminder. I think he took some Godspeed. Took some Godspeed. I love it, Tom. I love it so much. <laughs> I love drugs and God jokes. Um, she should not go to this meeting, right? I didn't understand this. She like Everyone is against Super League. She gets invited to this. I felt like his advice should have been just like, don't go. Like, What, what good can come out of this? Well, I think we saw what good came out of it. She was the only voice of reason in that room. All was just just old rich white guys that want to just get richer. And she kind of put them in her place and and told them how dumb of an idea this was and kind of got them to actually think about, you know, they did love that game at one point. They weren't at it all for the money. So I, I think Higgins is right here. Like, it doesn't matter how you got this invite. Go take it. And in... Just see what see it's what all about. about. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Tom, I do want to correct you. It wasn't all rich white guys, just so you know. There was some diversity in that room. You had <laughs> the two minorities. <laughs> and you had... That's true. That was a great joke. Um, and she's like four feet taller than him, which is awesome. Yeah. I love Hannah Waddington. I, I think, honestly, out of this whole show, I think she's the biggest winner. Just in terms of... Like, there is now a fan club for Hannah Waddingham, and I feel like her career will continue to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, obviously, there's some other stars that will come out of this and do other things, but she has been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, she's just absolutely lovely. And I feel like I've seen just loads of her on the internet. And I think she recently just hosted or co-hosted the Eurovision, like that big song competition thing. Tom, you don't have to tell me Eurovision. (laughs) I've been watching it for 40 years. One day I'd like to attend in person. (laughs) But she's the best. She is. Speaking of attending in person, we have Keely at the pub. She's drinking. Uh, She's wearing leopard print, as one does. And she gets that text from Jack where Jack's like, listen, babe, I tried, nothing I could do, time difference, Argentina, my phone locked me out, it was updating, you know, won't take the blame. We don't like Jack. 
We're on record. We don't like nope. Jack. We don't like Jake. Uh, we don't like State Farm. They're not a sponsor. <laughs> but they could be, and then we'd like them again. Anyways, May, who I'm amazed May and Keeley have not crossed paths, but I thought this was interesting. Uh, May's like, listen, I've been my own boss for 40 years. There's been some ups and downs. I watched this scene a second time. I'm going to say this. The first time I watched it, no issues. I was like, all of this makes sense. The mm-hmm. second time I watched it, I was like, wait, what is being communicated here about lightning on the mountaintop? And I feel like there's some stuff that's thrown out here that when you dive into a little bit harder, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this this line about yeah getting to the top of the mountain and what can happen to you is lightning, and then what is the follow-up response, like whether you're ready for it or not? I, th- I think that's the bigger line is like, and big things like this happen to you in your life, like how you deal with it is just whether you are like emotionally like ready to take on the challenge or whatever it might be. And like the one thing that we haven't gotten so far in Rebecca's like prophecy, if you will, is the idea of like thunder and lightning. And I think you could argue, and this is obviously not directed at Rebecca, but you can argue like Rebecca is kind of at the top of this mountaintop or whatever. And she's the way she's dealing with Rupert and is able to, you know, put him in his place here and truly get past and over kind of her hatred for him and just let him go. You could argue maybe that is the lightning part of the prophecy for Rebecca. But I mean, outside of a conversation, I think Keely has with her at the end, this doesn't apply directly to here. So I'm, I'm drawing some strings here, but I don't know. It, it was a weird analogy. Man, Tom, you're like you're like pulling some Bible code stretches right now. <laughs> I don't I did not see those connections at all. I'm not going to say, you know, it's not in the Bible code, but man, you got to you got to dig pretty deep. So we'll become s- a gumshoe. <laughs> not until the after party season 2, Tom. You're not allowed to bring those powers out. Okay. <laughs> it's not it's not your time. Okay. Let's keep going. We're at the Shelley's house, and I just wrote, Nate's mom's taking care of him. Cool. A lot Mm -hmm. of trays are being... um, I can't believe he is uh, going to the bathroom in that bowl, and she has to go dump (laughs) it out. It feels like they should have indoor plumbing, but it is what it is. He should go to his urologist that did not look healthy. Uh, You mean his fecologist, the one that (laughs) Rupert went to, (laughs) that we're about to talk about? But before we get there, we're at Richmond. This is a lovely shot scene. We have Roy entering the building. Mm-hmm. People are staring at him. And you're like, oh, awesome. He's wearing it. He's wearing it. The slow reveal of the tie-dye <laughs> shirt, which is lovely. Yeah. And the music is so good. It's that Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Very like iconic song. And I think at one point we get Laughing Liam as he's walking call by. Callback, yeah. His uh, chuckle, which is good. There's a callback. But very, very funny scene. Yep. Beard sees him. Beard trying to get Ted's attention is wonderful. Finally has to throw something at him. (laughs) And then he departs. Roy departs. Trent sees him in the hallway. And the three of them just like meet, silently convene, shrug, and move on with their day. It's just lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a moment here where... To your point, there is some cuts between what's happening with Nate, what's happening with Keeley. They're both like at the bottom and how they're mm-hmm. dealing with it, which is what the show. I don't know that we learn anything from the differences in how they're, you know, coping, but mm-hmm. uh, they are making the correlation there. 
We are at Richmond in the locker room. I like that the team gathers to watch the other teams play in these tournaments. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. So we have Mexico and Canada playing each other. <laughs> Rojas gets a fast break and kicks the ball into Van Dam's nose, and it is a wonderful. <laughs> the announcers are fantastic here. They carry this with like the classic Canadian charm of like, oh, that almost seemed deliberate. For gosh sakes. Oh, yeah. I apologize for that salty language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, man, I was laughing. Oh, the polite Canadian. That Do was you funny. know, so I caught this not 15 minutes before we came on to pod. These two voices is uh, Colin McMurray and Ryan Stiles, the famous Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah, improv Improv comic. guys. Oh, that's so great. Good. Great cameos. Oh, I love it. I wish I'd known. I love it more that you've told me. <laughs> Rebecca's in her office. She is, I guess, reading a text message from Rupert, and mm-hmm. she pulls out the matchbook and the toy soldier, and the toy soldier's inside the max matchbook, so there's some sort of correlation between the two. Yeah, I don't... What's your sense on this? Like, the, the idea that she's kept this um, kind of army guy from Ted this whole time is, I think, interesting. I mean, is this pushing the Ted-Becca thing? Is it just kind of the idea of, like, the matchbook being her future and the toy soldier kind of thing being her past and being able to let let go? I don't know exactly what to make of it, but they clearly are trying to tell us something here. Yeah, I think the show is just trying to throw us down that path, but I don't think that's where they should go, and I don't... Mm -hmm. Once again, I am not a Ted Becca stan. I don't think those two work together. I don't think from what we know of the two of them that romantically... They're greatest friends. They could be best Mm -hmm. friends. I just don't feel like romantically it makes sense. So I I I think it's the show just trying to... I don't know. There's people on the internet that want that, and they're Mm -hmm. pandering to them, maybe. But who knows if that was a thing when they wrote it. I don't know when TV shows are written and when they're performed. (laughs) And I assume they're live on my television, performing it in the Mm -hmm. moment. So Every single time I hit play. When I rewatch it, they do it again. And every time I turn off my television, they're like, break, cut. He (laughs) went to the bathroom. He'll be back in 25 minutes. Well... Probably 25 (laughs) minutes. Depends on whether or not he finds something interesting on his phone. We'll call it a solid 30. Anyways. Oh, he's back. Never mind. Anyways, those are the conversations that they have. Places and action. (laughs) Roy goes out to the parking lot, strips down, takes the shirt off, keeps his pants on. Sorry, Mm -hmm. audience. He was still wearing a shirt underneath the other shirt. (laughs) He was wearing a, I think, a wool vest. um, (laughs) And... I was like, there's no way. Roy would never leave Phoebe's shirt in the in the parking lot. And sure mm-hmm. enough, he backs that, I don't know, Range Rover, weird Jeep thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Backs it up, picks it up. And I was like, yeah, that's the Roy we know and love. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Roy knowing and loving, this is not a good transition, Tom. So we'll <laughs> keep it, it in, I though. I we have Rebecca seeing herself as a little girl in the mirror, and she gets mm-hmm. big like a bear or a lion. I don't remember what she said. She, I know she talks about this previously, but I don't remember yeah. what the animal was. Looking in the mirror to kind of psych her up. And like she's almost like holding her chest like she's having like a panic attack thing, which is kind of mirrored what we've seen in Ted this, epi- or this season. But this is a fantastic callback to the second season. I think it's episode five, Rainbow, 
where she, I can't remember what the circumstance was, but she was talking to Nate and, and kind of bringing up the idea of like when she goes into a room surrounded by men, um, they all see her as a little girl in pigtails. So like, again, I, lo- I love the writing and that they're bringing this exact thing back. But I think the reason we're getting that here is because of what we'll get later on in that kind of boardroom scene of her kind of talking to these old men who are really just children and the way they're acting. But I like I like the, the way this scene was shot and I thought it was pretty cool. No, it's great. It's a great callback. She looks wonderful. She looks terrifying, which can also be wonderful. But uh, we move on from there to Phoebe's school, and this is the only scene I wanted to talk about for this whole episode. <laughs> Everything else has been garbage up until this point, Tom. Roy is wearing the tie-dye shirt. He drops Phoebe off. She says, you look very nice, Uncle Roy. He's like, okay. which was great and guess who shows up miss not mrs miss bowen Mm. our irish charm i was so happy to see her on screen i was happy more so for you to see her on screen but it was it was so good i'm so glad they brought her back even for this small scene but i don't know who knows maybe we'll we'll see more of her sure listen Seeing her on screen inspired me to watch that movie where the guy thinks he's a bumblebee and then the other movie where the two Irish guys decide not to be friends anymore. I mean, just give me all the Ireland in the world (laughs) and certainly Miss Bowen being back. Very excited. Uh, Now, we do do learn her first name. It's Leanne. So now I guess they're on a first name basis. But, I mean, I feel like we should still call her Miss Bowen, right? We're not friends with her. Oh, well... Okay. I mean, I could be <laughs> friends with her. It's not. Never mind. Go fish. Uno. Uh, Miss Bowen is wonderful. I like her. She's like, I don't mind cleaning up a mess. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. I did not like how they did this. They were like, hey, fan favorite Miss Bowen. Here she is. Oh, we're going to have Roy get this stupid look on his face and realize something and leave abruptly. I was mm. like, this doesn't make any any sense whatsoever. What did he realize? What happened here? I I, I don't know. It felt like show chicanery to give and then take. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially from us who have been rooting for the Miss Bowen connection. But I guess the idea is that he, like the mess he caused too much damage and he didn't realize that he caused Keeley so much pain. Like he was so focused maybe on himself and why he left and not realizing how much pain maybe he put Keeley through. But I, I agree with you. It was a bit of a stretch. And, like, we even get that line from Miss Bowen where she thinks, like, she blew her shot here. Just like uh, what David took his shot with Keeley early on. Like, Miss Bowen kind of takes her shot here. I I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's maybe the... It's maybe my heart speaking here, but I, I feel like Miss Bowen might still be back in some form or fashion. I think yeah. she's still on the board. Roy never should have left. Yeah, He should have stayed there. They should have, I don't know, gotten married at the school. I'm assuming <laughs> principals can can marry people. I don't know. I've never been one for schools attending or going to weddings there. But, yeah, I did a very funny. This actress does a great job. Where she's, mm-hmm. uh, we can't repeat what she says, but she <laughs> kind of mutters. She repeats what she says to Roy, realizes it was a dumb thing to say, which I don't feel like it was. It was no. great. Listen, it's tough to say dumb things in that accent. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, every moment of it was wonderful. Anyways, we, unfortunately, we have to depart that scene, Tom. Uh, <laughs> we can't spend the next 20 minutes talking about it, um, mainly because someone is glaring at me. So 
Let's move on from Miss Bowen to formerly the law offices of KJPR. Keely, which we saw a scene of her stopping at like a shop, and I had no idea what she was going to buy. I assumed it was mm-hmm. a baked good, but it turned out mm-hmm. she is giving Barbara a snow globe, which is a callback to Barbara buys a snow globe for every job uh, after she leaves it. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I thought this was kind of nice, but then, of course, Barbara's got to ruin it and say, oh, I have to buy it for myself, so then buys it from her. But it was a funny and it was a touching, touching scene. 60 quid, Tom. That snow mm-hmm. globe was 60 quid. Barbara's like, I think you've paid too much, which was <laughs> wonderful, and I need a receipt. Keely looks around. I assumed she was going to take the neon sign and the leopard. Was that... I, uh, she I had like a, the leopard is hers. That That is definitely hers, and oh, she's probably taking okay. that. The neon sign, I think she just turns it off. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I assumed, much like Michael Scott, she was going to take that neon sign and maybe put it up in the living room next to the plasma TV. Ooh, nice. If there's enough room. It was a big plasma TV. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca is in the meeting, and, oh, she's arriving at the meeting. Rupert Mm -hmm. has a new assistant. Seems great. Certainly seems to have all the qualifications, and things (laughs) seem to be going smoothly for this new assistant yeah she comes in here brings his fecalist results kind of funny they again poking and prodding at rupert and saying how old he is but yeah this, this is again like what happened to this star wars villain lady of a assistant that he had previous uh i'm assuming this is part of nate's nate's departure and, and maybe we'll get a little bit more i don't think i need it but i felt like there's just too much of a mystery that the story's gonna or the the show's gonna give us a little bit of backstory here Fair, fair. I want to go on record, despite what Tom said, fecalists are not just for old people. You can go to a fecalist when you're young, and mm-hmm. they'll tell you what you had for lunch and dinner. It's a fun little game you can play. <laughs> also very costly because of healthcare. A <laughs> lot of old white dudes, as you mentioned, Tom. The oldest of the white dudes uh, very graciously compliments Rebecca. I thought this was a nice moment. He's super nice to her. Uh, says a lot of nice things, just normal compliments that you are able to give a woman in public, right? That's what happened. Yeah, these guys are all trash. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He makes some cre- creepy comments. I did like Rebecca's joke in the beginning where she's like, I'm excited to talk to a bunch of old men as they talk to my chest, which was funny. <laughs> yeah. A uh, Khufu shows up and he is providing them a smorgasbord. I think that's a Ghanan term of. <laughs> Oh, when you mix Ghanan food and hot dogs, Chicago hot dogs, that's a smorgasbord. That's what uh, okay. that means. Yeah. But I, yeah, I like Akufa's line about the hot dogs as enjoyed by Pippin, Obama, and Ferris Bueller. All great. All great <laughs> Chicagoans. A lot of bulls, a lot of Chicago bulls work happening in this episode. And maybe it's yeah. just because we all watched Airbud 3 recently. <laughs> uh, the, Dubai, the demise of Airbud, the tragedy of Airbud, number mm. three. We're at the Shelley house. Nate finally leaves his room, goes to the attic. I had very much, my wife and I had this comment, very much Christmas vacation vibes where he <laughs> goes up to the attic. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the music, something about all of this just very much hit Gets an old vibes. dusty present and blows it off. It's like Christmas 1985. <laughs> right. A, a present he hid from his mom. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he gets the, uh, the old projector out. I originally wrote that Nate pulls out his old guitar 
um, mm-hmm. and then was revealed several scenes later, it was a tiny guitar that you play on your shoulder. Um, <laughs> but we don't get to that yet. We are at the Akufu meeting. Great moment. They make the Russian guy leave. <laughs> D- don't want to make it awkward for everyone. This might be like a form, a dig at the former Chelsea uh, manager, or not manager, but former Chelsea owner was Roman Abranovich, who was a Russian oligarch that was forced to uh, sell the team when Russia invaded Ukraine and everything. So I, I, I thought this was kind of funny that they're kind of playing this little bit that the Russian guy can't stay in the room. Right, right. And he also can't open a door the right way. He's just pushing, <laughs> and Akufa's like, pull, It's like pull. a side comic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Oh, side. They want to talk about this global super league and how it's going to make them all very rich. I like Kufu's like lost in translation bit here where he's like, each game, an undried dream. It makes Rebecca take a second look. Yes, yes. We won't explain that joke, but um, it is. I, I caught it on the second watch with subtitles. I was like, yeah. oh, that joke's too funny to be caught on the first watch. The future of football is very much like the automobile. He's like, oh, we used to ride around horses and we hated the automobile. Now horses are hot dogs. All of that (laughs) was a strange correlation. But uh, I agree with him. Football needs to change and profits need to grow. Right, Tom? And uh, even though this is the moment where Keeley texts the encouragement to Rebecca, Mm -hmm. I felt like Kufu had some strong points here and I'd like to invest. (laughs) I don't think they're accepting investors unless, you know, you're part of the Three Comma Club. Well, Tom, based on how this podcast is going, I think both (laughs) of you and I will be owning a team very soon. (laughs) This is intercut with Nate beginning to play the violin. And I took this as Beard, the actor, Brendan, I'm going to say Frazier. Don't remember his real name. Hunt. I'm Tom, this is a... (laughs) I can't make that joke. All right. Anyways, Brendan Hunt knew how to hula hoop, and they made like an episode where he got to display his talent at hula hooping. I felt like Nick Muhammad knows how to play the violin, which I believe he does in real life. And they were like, hey, Mm -hmm. when can we have him bust out his violin playing? (laughs) And this is that moment. And they intercut this with the meeting and Rebecca and her speech and everything. And listen, violins are great. I just felt like, okay, let's bring out all the actors' super talents, much mm-hmm. like hula hooping. I'm going to argue that violin playing is much cooler than hula hooping. I'll go to my grave uh, with that opinion. Yeah, I, I, you're not alone there. I mean, a good violinist playing is, I think, one of the most beautiful instruments. And it, it, it was very beautiful over the speech that Rebecca gives, which is not just about like kind of owning these old guys or telling about the love of, of the soccer, but it's just... It plays to all sports, and it was awesome. I, mean, I think one of the better kind of speeches we've had throughout the whole whole season. But yeah, so Nick Muhammad does play the violin, and that is him playing. And actually, the piano that kind of comes in later on during this scene and during the music is played by his wife. So we got to do this little duet, and that was what was uh, recorded for the episode. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, if you look closely, you can see her in the background in the room playing a grand piano. So... <laughs> Uh, fire this episode back up fast forward to that scene and really look hard you'll see it to your point great speech by rebecca talking about why sports are important and you know what this sport means to people Mm -hmm. um and very 
lovely moment once again. Intercut with the violin playing, but also this is then where we see Jamie going in for England at the end of the game. They're like, hey, seniors, Rudy, go in. Um, and more importantly, he is wearing Sam's number, which mm-hmm. is uh, just a lovely moment. Rebecca talks about how this game turns ordinary men into heroes and villains. And then she tells a story about she once knew a, a boy who used to sneak into games and he did it because he loved the game so much. And we can see, you know, she's talking about Rupert, which you know, say what you will about Rupert in terms of him being a bad guy. The actor's fantastic. Like he mm-hmm. plays that role so well. And well, in this episode, so well. Yeah, <laughs> this episode they gave him a little bit more. I don't know, more to play with, where he wasn't just a constant jerk the entire time and everything that he was in. Like they gave him some redeeming values. Still hate the guy. Uh, well, don't I don't want to say hate. I still don't like the guy. Um, but they did it. They did a little bit more here to kind of give him some sort of sympathy i've never hated rupert i've always thought rupert was the hero of the show misunderstood (laughs) misunderstood that's correct tom (laughs) she makes the comment that just because we own these teams doesn't mean they belong to us which Mm -hmm. we see some parallels we've seen parallels in past episodes i believe yeah i think ted almost made the exact same line but just as a coach in terms of like this this belongs to the fans like which is why he invited them to come to their practices and stuff so i I like that we got kind of a similar line from each of them right and she finishes the show does a you know a thing that show does where a koofer's like great speech who wants to make money and then a hard cut to him leaving the room and you don't know (laughs) whether or not you know they went with uh, Rebecca or a Khufu, and then it's revealed that they are all covered in food. <laughs> and I like the way that it's not a Khufu because he does not literally does not get his hands dirty. It was Francis that flinged all the food or put it oh, in everybody's I, face because he's like wiping his hands off as he's coming back into the room following I a Khufu. Did not catch that. That's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And then you have this nice moment where Rebecca and Rupert are laughing together. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I just want these kids to make it. You know, I think Mm -hmm. they're going to go the distance, Rebecca and Rupert. We go to the Shelley house. And okay, of all the unearned moments in the show, I take umbrage... Not Professor Umbridge, but Umbridge with <laughs> this scene because they have Nate's dad show up. He like surprises Nate while he's playing, and Nate's dad is like, Oh, I miss hearing you play. And Nate like goes really hard at his dad about like, no, I thought you hated when I played. You said it. Mm-hmm. And the dad is like you know, it was difficult parenting you because you were a genius. It's diff- I didn't know how to parent a genius. And the dad apologizes. I do not feel like we have gotten enough of these two like that warranted the emotional weight of this scene, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like we have certainly gotten Nate wanting his father's approval, but did we know? I mean, they call him the wonder kid like soccer wise, but part of me thought that was kind of tongue-in-cheek like he certainly knows soccer but do you did you think of nate as a genius until this moment where his dad was like oh it's tough to parent a genius 
I don't. I felt no, like this I'd, was a little bit unearned. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think this just I've said it before, but it's the the hard turn that they gave Nate, I think does all of these redeeming storylines are trying to do now a disservice. Like if they would have like brought it back a little bit or had more like family moments and scenes, uh, this could have paid off a lot more. Because I love the idea of what they're doing here and, and getting them together and talking about like the expectations versus the knowledge and Again, like like you've said plenty of times, if they would have communicated maybe back then, this would have been easier and not have this conversation when Nate is 40. Uh, maybe they, their relationship would be better. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's, this is not an earned, unearned scene. For Tom, I just, I just want to correct you. Nate's official age, he's 19 in the show. So, <laughs> okay. um, you know, he's still a young man. Yeah, I, I know what the show is trying to do. I will go with it because I love this show, but Mm -hmm. I just, I don't feel like, of all the storylines, and I think I've been more upbeat on Nate than you have been this season, I just didn't know, I don't know. This is... This is almost like show writing being like, listen, everyone know, loves like son and father, like dynamics and them, mm-hmm. like the dad finally saying that he loves the son, like that'll hit them. And if we play some violin with it, man, people will weep. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I don't know. I, a lot I'm of people on the internet did. Stuff. Did they? Like I, yeah, I saw a lot of things from the internet and people talking about like tears and crying about the Nate sequences and not just the Nate sequences. I think it's when the violin was playing because that is just such a emotional ballad or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, that's just another reason why I, I, I don't think we should have the internet. Um, if you also don't want the internet, please reach out to me <laughs> at uh, teambingepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter. Uh, soon we'll get rid of the internet and you will just be able to communicate with us through Gmail and Twitter. I got sour news for you, Jack. <laughs> it was uh, on the internet. Joke's on you. I love sour candy. All right. And I'm not, listen, I like Sour Patch Kids, but I suck off the sugar. Nope. That's not the right phrasing. <laughs> I suck off the sour and then I spit out the sweet, Tom. That's how much I love sour news. I hope that gets past the network censors. <laughs> All right. Whew. Speaking of kissing, that was not a good transition either. <laughs> we have Rupert and Rebecca. Once again, I hope these kids make it. He goes in for a kiss. She stops him. This was satisfying. I did I did have this fear that they were like, oh, are they trying to get these two back together? Mm-hmm. But uh, Rebecca... Gives him a good forearm, like offensive lineman forearm, and says, no, not to my quarterback. <laughs> and uh, I relate everything to American football, Tom. <laughs> well, this is, I, I think, Rebecca being the close second to Jamie in terms of character arcs and just becoming a better person and, you know, tied up in Rupert and everything had to be about him or getting back at him um, and her kind of using this specific moment to just say, like, listen, no, no, no. Uh, we're not doing this again. I like loved you at a time, but we are far beyond that. And this is not what she wants or needs in her life. Sure. Sure. It was very satisfying. I'm glad she did it. Uh, speaking of satisfying, let's go to Keely's house. Keely's got a super nice house. I mean, it's got that U-shaped driveway. Just like there's some vines growing up. I don't know. Really like this house. 
Mm-hmm. Um, would love to live there someday, Keeley, if uh, that's an option. <laughs> and Roy is there trying to slide a note under a door. Uh, I Listen, if you tried to slide a note under the door of my house, you would hit the barrier that keeps scorpions away, which is a real thing. But <laughs> he's trying to drop off a note. Uh, Keeley catches him and... <laughs> I love the line where he says, like, what are you doing here? She's like, I live here. I live here. <laughs> he hands her the note. I, I could not do this. If I wrote something to someone and they, I have trouble giving someone a birthday card and them reading it, <laughs> even if it's silently. Um, the worst is when someone gets a card and they start reading it out loud. You're like, nope, that's not what that's for. She tries to read it. and She's like, I can't read your handwriting. When they flash the card, I don't know if you noticed this, but... He wrote like super small in one section, and everything else is just open <laughs> card. Did you notice that at all when he when she flashed? Oh the yeah, card? for sure. And I think we even saw him. I, I think it's when they were watching the England game. That team is in the locker room. Like he bought stationery, and he's kind of writing this in the background. And you see him write Keeley, and it is just awful, awful handwriting. So it makes sense that Keeley can't interpret this. Yes, yes. I hate to make fun of someone's. Uh, abilities but Roy apparently cannot (laughs) write Um, she reads his note or Roy reads his note to her Mm -hmm. and he takes the blame for pulling away and apologizes for hurting her and ends it with I love you I literally did that out loud when I watched oh you did (laughs) oh that's a normal thing that grown adults do um (laughs) She says thank you, like Han Solo, and, um, oh wait, no, she should have said I know, I guess would have been better, and Roy is like, okay, and you can see he's like, not amused, but understands she's not going to return it, and then he starts to walk off, and they do this funny cut where she goes to enter the house and then steps in his direction, so you're like, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, those two are probably going to go play cards. Speaking of cards, we have a quick cut to Nate's family playing cards, and mm-hmm. everyone's losing to the mom. And that is how Nate gets into debt by gambling on cards with his parents. Rebecca shows up at Keeley's house, and they start to talk about why no one answers their phone. <laughs> This bit where Keely goes to answer the door and Rebecca hasn't like gone home to change or anything and she's just covered still in like all the food and then Keely screaming, "Oh, have you been shot?" That was so good. I loved it. That was very good. <laughs> that was very good. They sit down on the couch even though they're covered in tomato juice and uh, Rebecca, which I don't know, maybe it was too awkward to do this last season is like, oh, how much were they funding you? Mm-hmm. And we have a moment where Rebecca's like, oh, I think I have that cash on hand. I was like, oh, cool, humble brag, rich person. <laughs> I just don't understand this. Like, couldn't they have done this from the start? W- was this a throwaway line at the end of season two when she was getting KJPR that she didn't want to take the money from Rebecca and wanted her own thing? Like, the fact that we're here now and she still has her firm and it's funded by her best friend, I feel like we could have been here earlier. I agree. I agree. We could have been here earlier. Could have been here years ago. (laughs) But we weren't. We're here now. And who shows up? Who's here now but Roy? 
in the he's background. Here. He's there. He's every effing where. And he's in what looks like the most comfortable robe I've ever seen. Hmm, it does. Now, okay, so from your perspective, is this them officially back together? Like this is the end game for the show. These two characters are getting back together. Or are you, and again, this is probably my heart talking. Do you think this might be like a one night fling and she still might potentially go back to Jamie and realize that she needs to be alone or something? I just still feel like Miss Bowen might still be in the picture here. Oh, that's what, okay. So your heart is rooting for rooting for Roy and Miss Bowen. But is your heart also rooting for Keely and Jamie, or is it really the Roy and Miss Bowen thing that's driving? That? I feel like the fact that he brought Miss Bowen back it, it got me got me excited for that relationship again because I think that that could be nice and, and fitting. And because of Jamie's arc and having him change as a person, when Keely did all that talk about in season one, I think when they broke up, that you know the things he could be doing to be a better person, and Jamie has done all of those things. Like I wouldn't be upset if they brought those two together but I, I i don't know i the way this was kind of shot like i i wouldn't be I, I don't think they'll do it but i wouldn't be surprised if they do have some sort of like heart-to-heart conversation the next episode or maybe even at the very end that they both part ways and then gives them some sort of like path to the other other romantic relationship okay i just want to boil this down a little bit which is your assumption is that because he comes out without a shirt on and puts on a robe that the two of them made love and one would only do that within the confines of marriage so my assumption is that Roy and Keeley are remarried and (laughs) Miss Bowen is no longer an option the mm-hmm. other thing I am open to is that Roy, um, everyone knows tie-dye is warm because of the way the sun hits the different colors. <laughs> and so that he used her showers, her facilities. And so not wanting to put on the sweaty tie-dye, he is coming out and wearing her robe and that there is still an option for him to marry Miss Bowen and for Keeley to marry Jamie in some sort of joint wedding where mm. Julia Roberts is both the best <laughs> friend and the wedding planner with J-Lo. And Ben Affleck robs a bank. That's how I see this all turning out in okay. Charleston, where a bank is robbed every five minutes, as the mm. town told me. Wow. Which seems like a statistic that can't possibly be true. Anyways, Christopher Nolan, we're back (laughs) at Richmond, and this was interesting. Let's talk about this. Will the Mm -hmm. kit man shows up, locker room, kit room, the, I guess locker room is Scottish, right? Because of the Loch Ness Monster, so I don't know what they call (laughs) it in England. But um, Nessie's room is all done up, all the uh, jerseys are hung up, and there is a card that is Nate apologizing to him. Did you feel like this was necessary? Did you feel like that Will and Nate, there was some like long-standing feud, or was this just letting us know, hey, guess what, guys? Nate's good again. What, what was this? Yeah, Nate's good, and apparently he still has a key to get into Richmond. Like, I get the idea that, I guess, the sewer guy, just like he let uh, Rupert in earlier, is also letting Nate in, but getting into the facilities, using the laundry, doing all this stuff, it, it was kind of silly, but I, I like the, again, there's another callback here, right? So Nate was the one that was super 
mean and rude to Will when he kind of right. took over the job. And in his apology letter that he writes to Will here, there's like a little like lavender flower in there. And at one point last season, uh, Nate yells at Will for putting like lavender fabric softener in the for cleaning up the jerseys because he said it's going to like players are going to lose their edge or whatever. So, again, I like that little callback. I thought that was cool, but they definitely need to do something about their security. Yeah, what's this guy's pension plan that he's still working after 80 years of letting people into the stadium, if I'm doing my math correctly? Listen, he's just a sewer guy. He, he Maybe he's hanging out with Ninja Turtles. Nobody knows. Oh, man. I bet he's, maybe he's with Shredder, Tom. Maybe he's with Shredder. <gasps> he's a Foot Clan? Could be. Oh, man, we went past my Ninja Turtles <laughs> knowledge real fast. Uh, you said Foot Clan, and I was like, oh, we're talking about a different show. All right, let's go back to the law offices of KJPR, which are back in business. And Barbara returns with her receipt and her snow globe. They have a <laughs> lovely moment. I did like this. I hope they bring mm-hmm. Dan back. And speaking of people bring, bringing back, that's not how that sentence should have worked, but I'll stick with it. Uh, Danny Rojas, the nice Danny Rojas, returns and is happy again and is like, ah, the memories with Van Damme. And Van Damme's super like twitchy and like afraid Danny's going to kick him in the face. This was yeah. great. Big bandage on his nose and just that, that smile from Danny Rojas is just so infectious. And I love the Jekyll and Hyde thing he's got going. It was fun. So fun. So fun. And we get a quick cut here too to Sam, who's putting that like that 1994 World Cup picture of the Nigerian team in his locker. Did you know what that was and what that was a reference to? Well, I know that he brought it out in another season, and he talked about his goal of being on the national team. That uh, that that was as far as I went with the callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a season one. It was the two aces episode where they're all like donating something to the fire. So that was what Sam was doing. He was taking that framed picture of the Nigerian team and said, like, I've hung this up in my locker as motivation until I make the national team. So, I mean, it's it's a cool little callback, but I would argue then, hey, man, you you threw this under the fire. You can't just pull it out of the fire and, and reprint it here. Sure. Sure. You're talking about the episode where the main point was that Richard made love to a model on a beach and he (laughs) gave up that sand. Yes, Yes. I remember that episode distinctly um, (laughs) because that was the episode about the sand and the model and Richard. Yes. Uh, Speaking of Richard, Roy shows up in more tie-dye. It's a little bit more subtle, but it is (laughs) definitely tie-dye. It's almost like he stole the bus driver's shirt is how I took this. Yeah, and maybe Roy killed the bus driver. I don't know. Killed him with drugs. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Rebecca's in her office, and she's hanging a child's drawing on the wall. What was happening here? Yeah, so this is, again, another callback. This was the David Hockney painting that she got from Rupert. And I, I don't know what or why he sent it, but it was specific from Rupert. And I think in the earlier seasons, she like took it down off the wall and put some of the like butterfly picture or something on there, just almost in spite of Rupert because she did like the picture. So this is the painting in the pilot where she goes to give it to Higgins and Higgins is like, no. And she's like, oh, well it's worth a million pounds. And then she sends it to being sold. Right. Mm, Isn't that this painting? No, I think you're right. Yeah. I couldn't remember the exact significance or what else it kind of came up, but I just knew it had that, that tie to Rupert. But the idea now that, she is she's past that like it's a beautiful painting she can hang out the painting it's just like going to the meeting like it doesn't matter how you got there or what it is but uh, she's 
officially kind of over Rupert. And like how she says here in a bit, like she doesn't want to win to spite Rupert. She wants to win for them, like now for the right reasons. No, that's all well and good, Tom. And I know it's been an hour and 34 minutes, but you just called that painting beautiful. Did you look at that painting? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like Ted makes the comment about like... Very oh, rightly so, Ted excited. makes that comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's an art subjective, man. It probably wouldn't be something I would hang in my house, but uh, I don't know. Ugh. Each their own. Yeah, oh, well, no, not to each their own. Every once in a while, people should be shown the glaring truth that that is a drawing made by a five-year-old, and it is not good. Speaking of not good, Rebecca and Ted sit down, and a little switcheroo here, she spits in his face when she Mm. takes a drink, and she does it intentional, and she's like, no, it just kind of seems like a tradition. This was funny. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It was a good way to kind of send out this episode, but clearly a callback when Ted spit in her face, right? When this happened, you know what my thought was? I thought, is this the end of the show? Was this the last episode? Because I feel like spitting in the face is the end of a season, traditionally. But then I was like, no, we got two more episodes. So I was a little bit confused by this callback. Am I wrong? Was no, the we could still in the get face- there. No, no, no. I don't was the remember... spitting in the face not a season finale thing? I don't know. I I know, I, I'm pretty sure that's how they ended season two, but I don't remember season one and what the, what the reason for it was. I thought it was more he just didn't like it and spit it out. I don't remember it being a thing in season one. Sure, 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 sure. I guess I'm thinking about that one character that used to spit on mirrors. Maybe that's what I'm thinking mm. of. <sighs> Anyways... Uh, We've been here a long time talking about something that isn't important to us, but eh, maybe isn't important to the grand scheme of the world, but it's been (laughs) an hour and a half, Tom, so let's sign off and do something else with our lives. (laughs) Um, You can email us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. We do appreciate your emails, especially when they are about Mrs. Bowen and how excited (laughs) you are to see her. We are also excited to hear from random diplomats throughout the world. Um, Tom, what are the other social media things that are used for good and not evil that we can recommend to people? At least we do. We use it for good. Uh, Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast at Twitter and uh, Instagram, respectively. Join the conversation. Have fun with us. We've only got two more episodes left. We are at the finish line. I think both these last two episodes were written by Jason Sudeikis, so I'm very intrigued to see how they, <laughs> they roll this up. They've definitely done a a good amount of kind of buttoning of some of these storylines. So they still have a lot to go with Ted. And I mean, he is the namesake of this series. So excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. I don't have any predictions at this point. This uh, episode threw some things at me that I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm assuming Nate is unemployed, so he's going to come back to Richmond. But I'll be interested to see how they finish this all. Uh, Tom and I have a request for our audience. Um, In the same way that Amway um, works, we would ask that each of you find three friends, tell them about this podcast, and then ask those friends to find (laughs) three people and ask them to listen to the podcast, and then those three friends ask three people, and so on and so forth until a pyramid is made. Um, Also, we would like you to give those people some form of cash money so that this pyramid (laughs) is made of money. 
It's what we like to call total podcasting. That's correct. It is something <laughs> that the, I'm going to say, Welsh created years ago. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I don't really, I didn't, I didn't buy the Amway videos, um, so I'm not real sure. But uh, we appreciate those of you that have rated and reviewed us well. Uh, it's always nice. And we will see you next week for episode Th- nope, season three, episode eleven. Uh, two left. Tom, does I know this isn't the pentultimum. Is this the like triultimum? I don't know any of the Latin <laughs> suffixes or prefixes. But uh, Tom, do you know what the title of the next episode of Theodore Lasso is called? Oh, I've got I've got nothing. It's too late. Um, Ted that is Lasso quite a title. I've a got friend. nothing. It's too late. <laughs> That's actually not a bad title for. <laughs> A penultimum. Uh, it's like the show being like, listen, we tried, but three <laughs> seasons is a lot of TV. So sorry, guys. You get what you get. Don't get upset. Um, remember you season one. You get what you one, get. You don't throw a fit. There you go. Remember season one. It was great. All right. I've been Julian. <laughs> and I've been Coach Tom. Till next time, everybody. <laughs>